Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike as usual and uh, we're excited to be with you. We're going to get into a podcast today called When Parenting Hurts and um, you can kind of imagine the topic from that. Um, We're talking about parenting and we're talking about specifically how can you honor the Lord in parenting when it's challenging, when kids seem to be not responding to um, what's happening in your home, when kids are acting out and, and even being rebellious as, as uh, younger or older kids. There's a lot of different directions to go in this, but Mike, um, maybe I'll let you kind of even promo, promo this in a second, but uh, you're in the middle right now of a midweek uh, series, a few weeks in the midweek service. Uh, talking about family matters and specifically parenting or, or even people who are in the grandparent stage of life, just, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about that. Um, if anybody is not a parent yet, you know, this could still have application in relationships with younger people in their life as well as maybe future kids that might come along mm-hmm. um, according to God's direction. So maybe I'll just, I, I, yeah, Mike, what was it? I'll ask you this question to start. Um, what was it that made you think that we're in the right, you know, time in terms of life in our church? to do some focused teaching on parenting in the midweek service at least. Well, because we were doing some of that last year because we realized we had kind of gone away from that a bit. Uh, a lot of my ministry background is family ministry and I've um, just worked with families a lot, uh, you know, since 1985 and seen a lot, uh, taught a lot. And I just realized you need to kind of loop back around. There were some conversations I was having with some parents and they were expressing some concerns about their own families, and this happens in in structured counseling sessions as well as just conversations that happen. And you know, it's interesting how much you can encourage and comfort and even challenge, uh, you know, one another just in a uh, in a brief some brief moments. And I thought, you know, we need to um, we need to bring some of that encouragement and comfort and challenge maybe to the bigger group that aren't bringing things up as much. Maybe, you know, sometimes we suffer silently and we suffer silently through some hard times. We can call them hard providences if we want, but uh, sometimes we think we're the only person going through something. And you know what it's like when you talk to someone and they're like, wow, that's that's my experience too, or that's that's similar. I, I know what you're saying. Or, or when someone says, I've actually been through that and I know I can help you. You know, mm. that's, it's a wonderful gift from God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's helpful. And I want to be some of that. You know, I've I've got five kids, and um, I uh, our kids are twenty to thirty one. Uh, four girls and a boy. We've got six grandbabies, uh, two on the way, and and four that have made their appearance. And so I've I've had a lot of ex- you know experience in the family, and so you know a lot of humbling experiences that that I think I can help some parents. I'm not the furthest guy along the road, but I've got enough where I want to bring the word and some, some helpful wisdom. Yeah. 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 That's helpful. Um, we, we occasionally do parent meetings with youth families, children's families as well, people with younger kids, but we have one pretty recently with, with some of the families doing, you know, involved in youth ministry with their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the mood in those things can totally, you know, it, it can just swing and change year to year. Sometimes though, the, the feeling is almost like we're in like a PTSD ward. You know, there's all these people who are like huddled together after this shared experience of war. And it's like the struggle is real. It's almost like you can feel the heaviness in the air. Some of these parents who are just feeling like they're up against it, you know, mm-hmm. and just like really struggling with challenging situations. This is in the case of teenagers. So junior high and high schoolers who are, yeah, really not responding well to the authority, 
of their parents or in this, you know as many issues under the sun as we could probably rattle off and it would take a long time but um mike let me just kind of i almost want to just open the door like do you want to start with maybe just an encouraging word to parents who feel like they're just kind of back against the wall mm-hmm. and maybe they're feeling a little bit uh frustrated or even um just yeah just discouraged and kind of downcast in terms of where their family's at anything like that well, the first thing I would just say for parents that are listening to this or thinking about maybe would this be good to pass on to someone else is uh, I understand what you're going through. I, I, I get it. I, I've lived many of that. I'm still living much of that. Uh, we understand, Connor and I both, we understand what you're going through and you need encouragement. You need comfort, but you also need challenge. You know, it's interesting that Colossians 3, I'll take you there. It, it says in verse 18, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Now, verse 19, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Verse 20, children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. Verse 21, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Well, it's interesting that it's followed up in verse 23 by whatever you do, work heartily from the heart as for the Lord not for men knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the inheritance as your reward you are serving the Lord Christ for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done and there is no partiality the idea is there are things that says that are wrong if wives don't submit to their husbands if husbands don't love their wives if husbands are harsh with their wives if children don't obey their parents if fathers provoke their children And um, right before this passage, in verse 17, it says, Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And it launches into wives, husbands, children, fathers. And so you'll notice that, you know, verse 17, verse 23 and 24, it's all about the glory of God in Christ as you're doing wifery and husbandry and childhood and being a father or a mother. And I just think we understand and we under, we know there needs to be encouragement, but there is an encouragement here, but there's a challenge. You know, obey the word in the power of the spirit. Yeah. And and then, you know, a lot of Christians have problems. And then you go, what would I do without Christ? What would I do if I didn't have hope in Christ? And they put you in a whole nother realm, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so we understand, Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. Um, you know, this hits parenting as well. You know, people recycle the same errors and heresies and unfaithfulnesses and, and, and goodnesses. Uh, and People fall away from the living God. Uh, there's myriad examples. And, you know, if a parent, you're, you're praying, you're reading the word, you're, you're following after your kids diligently with discipline, and still you feel like you're doing battle with them as you're doing battle for them. Uh, you know, the little ones in your house aren't begging for bread. You're giving them the word. And then you're feeding them with good things, and at the same time, they don't seem to appreciate you, mm-hmm. right? And they feel like you feel like they're sucking you dry of all the lifeblood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that there's just, I think there's just so much we can say. But anyway, that's my opening comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's helpful. I, maybe kind of a similar question, but in a different light. Um, I feel like there, and I don't know if a spectrum is the right way to, to think about this, but there might be a spectrum with somebody who feel like they're struggling as a parent in terms of where their kids are at. On one side of the spectrum is the parent that takes 100% of the responsibility and just feels this overwhelming weight as their kids are. Maybe let's say that someone's kids are growing up and they're seeming to go wayward. That parent is just crushed by this sense of, oh, all these things I could have done or should have done. 
on the other side of the spectrum, there's the parent who, I don't, I don't want to exactly say it this way, but almost takes 0% of the responsibility mm-hmm. and has this sense of, well, we took our kids to church, we read the Bible at home sometimes, we, we um, you know, maybe they have a few kind of things that they can check box and say, we did these things, but our kid is, you know, kind of going astray and, well, God is sovereign, you know, yeah. we, we just have to kind of let that one slip off our back like water. Um, is there a better... Is there a better way to, you know, understand that in terms of the responsibility of a parent, um, but also the sovereignty of God and thinking about those two things together? Oh, there absolutely is. Um, you know, the whole idea, I've seen it so clearly. Uh, you feel like it's someone else's fault. I've, I've met those parents. I know some of those parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are at Grace right now. Some of them have left Grace, but they're, they're, it's like everything was about how can you make my child's life more the way I think it should be, mm-hmm. right? Um, you feel it's someone else's fault, or you you feel like it's all your fault, and you just you're, you're in a puddle, and you're like, I have blown it, I have ruined it all, and and it's like neither one of those things are are good. Those are both harmful. If you're taking z- uh, zero responsibility, or you're taking total responsibility, you know it's somewhere in between. I mean, the better way is God is sovereign, and I am responsible. Okay, mm-hmm. God is sovereign. And, and he's orchestrating all things for his glory. And I'm responsible and things don't go the way that God intends all the time. Uh, why, would, why would Paul have to tell the Colossians, wives submit to your husbands? Because wives don't sometimes. Why would he have to say husbands love your wives? Because uh, sometimes they're harsh and not loving. Why would children be told to obey their parents? Because little sinners don't always want to obey, right? So you, you look at that and you're like, if you feel like it's someone else's fault, you're off base. If you think it's all your fault, you're like the savior. You know, you think you're, hmm. you know, you think you're sovereign in all mm-hmm. this. So, better way, really, God is sovereign, and I'm responsible. Both, both and both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I um, and there's comfort in Christ. Yeah, God's sovereign. I'm responsible. There's comfort in Christ, but He doesn't coddle our sins. Yeah. So if there's sins to confess, confess them. Yeah. And if 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 you can't uh, connect the dots. Don't connect them then. How how would you think of you know trying to encourage and give counsel to a parent like this? Let's say that someone has kids who are maybe their kids are at least at least older than the earliest stages. You know, later elementary, junior high, high school, something like that. And they look they're looking back and they're realizing you know I think I've really dropped the ball in some ways. And God is sovereign, but I'm also responsible. And I could acknowledge these things that I've been you know that I've been missing the boat on as a parent. I want to repent. I want to completely honor Christ as much as I can in my parenting. How can that person move forward, you know, maybe knowing even at a at an earlier stage some of the kind of basic building blocks of parenting that would be really helpful weren't weren't always there, or weren't always done very faithfully. That was a really long and wordy question. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. How how can someone pivot and repent and turn back to try to be faithful maybe even at a slightly later stage as a parent? Well, first of all, admit that you made some mistakes. I mean, parenting know-it-alls are a dime a dozen. I mean, I, I, I run into them all the time. Uh, you know, they, they think they just know it all. They read mm. a book, and they have this idea, they have this concept, they, and they accepted it wholesale. Um, it was kind of like when, when there was a book out called uh, Grace-Based Parenting. And Angela and I w- w- just kind of cracked up and, and kind of lamented as well um, because... We, we considered that book, uh, the subtitle of that book for us was How to Teach Your Kids How to Manipulate You, <laughs> okay? <laughs> um, and, you know, it's interesting that now I can say something to some of those parents 
and they're like, they have this knowing look. Back then, they would have fought, they did and, and would have fought tooth and nail. Mm. This is the biblical way. And it was a um, it was a knee-jerk reaction to like the growing kids God's way, a harshness or stiffness or okay. programmatic thing. Yeah. And even, they didn't even like Ted Tripp's book, Shepherding Your Child's Heart. You know, yeah. it was like, no, grace-based. But they, they define that as let them run wild, let them do whatever they want, let them crawl around and do everything in front of everybody else and don't watch your kids. Just kind of, mm-hmm. oh, it'll work out. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, at home, my family would be like, yeah, you know, this family, their kids are crazy. Yeah. Their kids are wild. They talk yeah. back all the time. Yeah. Well, the, the parents have allowed that, you know. So anyway, I'm just saying, like, if you want to change, if you want to, like, you have to change your ways. You have to repent. The idea of repent and change your ways. Say, you know what? I believe some bad advice. I gave some bad advice. Hmm. And... um it is what it is, and I, I regret it. And uh, let's let's move on. Would that ever, would you ever have a conversation like that with your kids to acknowledge those kinds of things? Or oh, is that just uh, we we did everything perfectly. <laughs> yeah, and we have perfect kids. Yeah. No, seriously, uh, of course. Uh, my kids have heard me at, since they've been growing up. I admit when I'm wrong, unless unless they're wrong. <laughs> right. No, and I seriously, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to lie, but it's like, yeah, they they heard and seen me confess my sins uh even say you know your mom and i said you could do this or we're, we're allowing you to do that but now we're going to change our ways on this yeah but plenty of times yeah. sure absolutely okay yeah, yeah more about things you have to own it you can't blame the author of the book you right. know so you know what we're going to do things differently here as a family and here's why right so yeah sure um i will say it's not easy to give to it's easier to give up ground than take back ground that was given up yep okay yep. That so just think about that before that, you make your decision. Yeah, yeah, that was one yeah. of the themes that came out in our meeting just recently. Um, yeah. How does the another question? How does the community of the church play an important role in the life of, of one family unit? Well, the family, it, for some reason, you know, even groups like Focus on the Family and Family Life that maybe are a bit older kind of groups, whatever is resourcing the family that isn't the local church can sometimes be in competition with the local church. And they'll hmm. say, go tell your pastor this or that, you know? Oh, and, I, and I understand all that. But the, the local church should be intricately involved in the lives of the families. When I came to Grace Church, I told our elders, I said, I want, this was 2006, I said, I want to be a multi-generational church. Now, we are multi-generational, but I want to I want to act like it. They said, what do you mean? I said, well, we're going to do worship multi-generationally, all ages together. We're going to have home groups, all ages together. We're going to have mission trips, all ages together. If we segregate all the time, the kids are going to just learn. You get put off over here until a certain time, and then maybe they don't want to. They want to still get entertained or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think you have to model that from the get-go that we're going to be together. That doesn't now talk about parenting styles or about the kind of things you do. I've heard some really bad advice be given from some older parents at Grace to other parents at Grace. Hmm. And so sometimes you have to do some correcting. And I, I say this a lot, especially in premarital counseling. I'm like, look, you have to make your own decisions and own them. And be careful what advice you do take. Hmm. Because everyone's got an opinion and, and the know-it-alls abound, right? Yeah. So you can't do it alone, but you do need help. When, when our kids were getting old enough to maybe start dating, I remember going to five or six uh, trusted godly men that I knew. And I said, could you please share with me uh, your best advice? And they, some guys wrote up pages and some guys gave me a little paragraph. It was very helpful. It wasn't all helpful. Some of it was, okay, I'll know what not to do. Mm. And some of them shared what they shouldn't have done. 
Hmm. Um, and today, you know, I have these, uh, I've come up with some dating guidelines and stuff, and I've shared these with lots of guys. They ask for them. And um, yeah, I just think you, you gotta, you got to have wise counsel in your life. Yeah. you got to be willing to listen and be willing to sift out the advice, not just take it wholesale. Right. Yeah. I think one thing that maybe we've observed, and you obviously over many more years, the a, a family who that kind of isolates. Parents who you know almost are never looking for input or wanting to have the humility to say, hey, we're not sure how to handle this next stage. That's kind of a recipe for some some really dangerous things developing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but I'm I'm kind of yeah. yeah. And I and I think on the other side, some of the the families where you just say, "Wow, by God's grace, that seems super healthy." They're they're often dialoguing with other families, older families as well as peers, just thinking through things. You know, how how are we handling this next stage? And right. and and ultimately, yes, each family and each couple is going to make their own decision and has and have the responsibility before Christ for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But the community of the church can be so valuable in that to help guide and shape and 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 give uh counsel so um yeah that's just almost an encouragement that if anybody is you know more feeling on the more isolated side as a parent or not wanting that input Mm -hmm. um that could be a recipe for some trouble yeah right well you could be feeling isolated or you could on purpose isolate so there's that there's that there's the isolationist that say you know our way is the best way and we only let our kids around certain kind of kids and then there's the isolated, like, I need help. Right. right? Maybe both in. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Not the So same. there's feeling isolated and actually being isolated. Right. Um, the other thing is some families do the full immersion thing. Like, our kids, and, and it, you see it in the schooling choices a lot, right? Our kids go to public school. Our kids go to private school. Our kids go to homeschool, whatever. And it's like, see, and it, it worked out great for us. The problem is I, I've seen families that did public, private, and home who will, who will basically, you know, tout that they did it the right way and you kind of observe and go actually your kids are bigoted or your kids are are uh too lenient on some social issues or your kids are too this or too that mm-hmm. you i mean if you want to if you're going to bring it up and say it was so great that we did it right you know maybe you should be a little more self-aware yeah because there are there's pluses and minuses to everything and just realize your choices do have outcomes yeah you that's know. helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Question. Qu- question. Um, I'm kind of just bouncing all over the place, but here's another sure. one. We, I think a lot of parents would say one of the struggles that I have is I feel like, you know, the authority that God's given me over my parents or over my kids isn't respected by the kids. They're running wild. You know, they're, they're just totally rebellious. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it so important for parents to cultivate that kind of you know, respect for authority in their kids, the kind of obedience that they would want in their kids because, and I'm going to, you know, maybe push a little further because the goal of parenting is not that we'd have well-adjusted, obedient kids. Um, That is not the goal of parenting for a believer. So, but, but we would all say, you know, this is important though, that there would be that, that uh, appropriate respect for authority and obedience. Like, why is that so important if it's not the ultimate goal? Yeah, well, let me, let me, I want to take a step back, take a step back from that and yeah. say, if the parent who's saying my authority isn't respected, something's going wrong there, okay? But you've got to, you know, you talk about cultivating an appropriate respect. Well, to do it, you can't demand it, right? And you can't, you, you can't go in having that as your goal, that, that you're going to uh, teach your kids how to, how to respect, respect you, you, okay? Yeah. Does that make sense? It's not your goal. Your goal is glorify God as a parent and I'm, I'm just telling you if you go in with this is what I want my kids to have you're gonna get little robots okay mm-hmm. so what you don't want is little robots 
because they're going to be parroting back everything you you kind of slammed into them. What I tell parents a lot, you just have to be loving and firm That's with helpful. your kids. You're bringing them the word. Now, here's the thing. Yeah, Lots elaborate. of parents don't bring the word in prayer. So it's like, well, wait a minute. You left the, the two most important things out of the Christian life, and you're asking why you're having problems. Okay? The other one is you weren't loving and firm. You know, And again, that's always a back-and-forth balance where you have to have repentance. And it's like the, the loving and firm thing, I use an example of, of schools. Okay? Now you can use fences or you can use uh, the stance of the teacher. I'll use the stance of the teacher. Um, I saw this in college a lot. You go into a class and the teacher, or even in high school, and the teacher's telling you this is going to be fun and games and it'll be the best time you've ever had. That teacher is fighting for control the rest of the semester. Right. And they have to tighten the screws, tighten the screws, tighten right. the screws. And the students are like, you didn't tell us it was going to be like this. Uh-huh. The, the teacher that, that starts day one says, this will be rigorous. This is going to be tough. You might not make it. They get to ease up and be more friendlier. And I saw it happen over and over again. The most balanced teachers set the they set the expectation at the start. Okay. So, for example, let's talk about an expectation of obedience. Kids, we are are, are gonna gonna ask you when, when they're old enough. You know, not when they're one years old, but when uh, when they're old enough. We we want you to obey the first time, and there will be a consequence if you don't. First time obedience. Okay, there's one you can pick. Mm-hmm. If not, it's three, four, five warnings, and you got the parents whose kids are running wild, and they keep saying, Johnny, 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 Johnny. And it's like, uh, what's, what's happening? The lenient parent is the, is the prominent parent nowadays, okay? Uh, I don't run into very many too strict parents, okay? <laughs> uh, it, it's just the water is, is uh, way to the leniency side, mm. and it's basically kids running wild. Yeah. And you want to ask my family about that and what they see. My girls babysit a lot, but they love the families they babysit for. But there are some, you know, they're like, oh, dad. Huh. You know, I go, oh, they're such wonderful kids. And they're like, oh, you, you don't you understand don't sometimes. Because like they're talking them. back all mm. the time. Well, if they're talking back to a babysitter, oh, my goodness. You know what the battle of parents are fighting, mm-hmm. right? So the parents need to be loving and firm. But then you have to ask what that means and what that looks like because someone thinks it means this and someone thinks it means that that's why you need friends in your life that's that will so tell you true. the truth yeah so yeah no it's helpful i i emily and i were given advice right before isla joined us mm-hmm. uh you have to love your kids like crazy so they never doubt that you just love them with all your heart and mm-hmm. and obviously that's where maybe some you know what does that mean that's where good conversations come in but you have to love them like crazy and then you have to discipline them. I don't think they said discipline them like crazy, but be firm to right. the point where there's a, you know, there's actually a growing on their part to have an understanding of authority, and ultimately oh, yeah. that's going to reflect how they're going to think about God and His authority over them. And um, but yeah, loving and firm is super helpful. Oh yeah, um, yeah. For example, love doesn't mean giving them everything they want. Right. Okay. And there's we are in we are absolutely in the uh, pre- the prevailing parenting style is permissive parenting right now. Hmm. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Hmm. Funny thing is, sometimes sometimes people will say, um, "I'm really worried about this one family because their kids seem to be, you know, going off a little bit," and I think they've been too strict. And Angela and I would go, "No, no, no! Mm-mm. They've absolutely been uh, too lenient to, hmm. <laughs> on the wrong things. They, maybe they're strict on some things, but right. they're too lenient on the other things." So probably maybe I wonder I'm almost thinking you know we should maybe try for a part two on this. There's just so much well, more to. I'm actually thinking part. 
two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Yeah. But we do need to bring it to a close right now. But we can pick it up next time, kind of right where we left off about parenting styles and things like that. Uh, we've got a lot. Like I've literally got a list of twenty things right here that we haven't even got to. Man. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a part two. So we'll just leave it there. Um, there's a lot more to come. So thanks for staying with us for a longer podcast. We love you, today. parents. There you go. We love you, parents. And uh, if, you're, you. if you're not a parent or if you're in the grandparent stage of life, hopefully there's been something that you can pick out uh, from this that's been helpful to you. But um, hope this is an encouragement to you. We love you. And we'll talk to you next time on the podcast. God bless you and have a great day. <laughs>